What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Matt Elias Music Podcast with me, your host, Matt Elias. Now, this week, I've got a guest on the show that I was incredibly excited to talk to, the Etcetera Kid. He is a live music streamer on Twitch.tv, which is a live streaming platform primarily concerned with video games, but that also has a small and thriving and growing music community. Now, I did a little primer slash introduction on the show last week to that music community on Twitch. So if you have no idea what I'm talking about right now, make sure you go back and listen to last week's episode. Now, my interview guest today has an incredibly unique and engaging show uh, on the Twitch platform that I'm really excited to expose to you guys because just like I was harping on last week about what an exciting and really potentially huge uh, platform for for musicians and creators. His show, in my mind, it encapsulates everything that is unique and cool about live streaming on Twitch. It is an improvisation show where the kid improvises several songs each night using elements that are suggested and requested by the people in his chat. Now, these different elements include the tempo of the song, the sounds and instruments used in the song, and a lot of other things that I'll let the kid tell you about himself uh, once we get into the interview section of the show. We got a chance to talk about live streaming itself, the potential that it has. We talk a lot about the kid's show and sort of the ins and outs of of what, what has happened there and how he was able to come up with this idea and put it together. We talked about music in general. We talked about his background and you're going to love it. So before I roll into the interview, what I have for you is a collection of clips from etc. Kid improvisations from his show, all from this past week, sort of displaying the range of different sort of genres that he is able to sort of dabble in with these improvisations. Now remember, everything in these songs, for the most part, was requested by audience members. So keep that in mind, enjoy the clips, and on the other side of that, we roll straight into our interview with the Etc. Kid. Okay, so et cetera, kid, one of the very first things that I need to ask you is to see if you can help me briefly explain the concept of your live show on Twitch. 
Um, well, what, what really inspired me to, to start the show was figure out a way to make the creative process something that was a little more clear and upfront and accessible to people. Because I think a lot of times uh, people look at a musician or a painter or whatever they do, and it seems like magic. Like how, how did that blank canvas turn into the Mona Lisa? And, and I thought the best way to do that would be to let the audience actually participate and have an impact on what is happening and be able to see that if they did X, uh, Y would happen, right? If they request um, this thing, uh, there's this result. Um, and I also want to do improvisation. And improvisation is not the most accessible thing in the world. And, uh, and I figured that in the same regard, that would make it um, a, a little easier for people to sort of figure out what was going on. So that's sort of the abstract that inspired it. It's more specifically, I make up songs on the spot, but the audience gives me all these basic musical elements um, to, to help me. And uh, so the audience gets to pick the sounds that I use. Um, they pick the, the BPM or the tempo. Um, they pick the sort of the starting key, although I'll often sort of move away from it over the course of the song as it progresses. Uh, and then I, and then I'm also, I also am a, a sort of a, I'd say an amateur coder and, um, and I wrote software to turn people's names into, into the drum beats and, and melodies, uh, that I sometimes incorporate. So the audience gives me all these elements and then I have to sort of mix them together and do something that uh, hopefully is is listenable. Um, and and as I'm doing that, the audience gets to n- to name the songs. And so I'm always I'm always looking for uh, different ways to uh, encourage participation, get people using their creativity, sort of realizing that they have creativity. I think a lot of people uh, don't don't realize that. Uh, that we all have this capacity. Um, so yeah, I guess that that's hopefully a quick, uh, not maybe not so quick, but an overview of what, uh, what my show is all about. Yeah, absolutely. And just to get a little more, uh, clarity for people, um, each of those elements, uh, where you have set up that the audience can, can choose the BPM, the tempo for the song. They can choose sounds. They choose the drum kit. You've got uh, mechanisms in place for them to name the song. Um, each one of these is a little piece of software that you've written yourself, correct? Uh, yes. The, all, the mechanism for people's requests um, getting to me is all, yeah, is all custom code. Yeah. 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 I, wanted, I was going to ask you what type of programming background you have because it's clear that that you're you're very capable you said that you're you're an amateur coder yeah well i i say amateur in the sense that i've i've never um i've never sort of worked i've never worked professionally well i did i did a few small projects but i've never you know i never worked full-time as a programmer i never i never went to school for it i never uh studied i never took a programming class um my my programming has always been very um, practical minded in the sense that I'm not that interested in coding just to code. Uh, what happens is I have an idea for something, and 
I'll look around and I'll try to see if someone else has already done it. But if they haven't, the only way to make it happen is to code it myself. And so that's, that's how I learned coding. And, and, um, for this specific show, I, I, you know, I had to learn, uh, a new language in order to even do it. Um, the, uh, a lot of the, I, I have, a, I use Ableton live, um, for the looping as well as logic. Uh, and out of the box, Ableton live doesn't, doesn't work the way I needed it to, uh, in terms of looping the way I envisioned uh, my looping working. And so I had to do a lot of custom coding and I had to learn Max. Uh, I wouldn't have learned Max otherwise. <laughs> you know, I don't wake up and think, oh, I want to learn a computer language. <laughs> um, so, so yes, yeah, it's, it's very much uh, an idea. And then I figure out how am I going to bring this idea to life? And I do whatever it takes to, to make it happen. Yeah, you've, you've really created something that I've never seen. Uh, anywhere else, um, which is a big reason why I wanted to to have you on. Aside from the fact that I'm just a fan of the show, I've been watching it uh, intermittently for for several years. Um, I oh, wanted, Thank you. oh man, it's it's fabulous. I've it, my father. I've I've showed my dad, who is a musician. I've showed him your show. He's a fan. Uh, he wanted to ask. He wanted me to ask you what your background is as far as um, well, obviously your musical background. Um, I feel like I have to ask you that, but my dad wanted to know specifically, uh, cause we do, my dad's a, he's been alive performing like rock and roll drummers whole life. And, um, mm-hmm. he was like, is this guy in a band and what is his history? And if not, like, does he have a phone ringing all the time for people wanting him to come and play in the band? So do you have like a, a background in doing, you know, perf- and as far as live performance and what is your musical background? Yes. I, I, well, I, I, I started playing music as a kid. I, I did the very, uh, traditional route. I, I started in the elementary school band. Uh, my, my mother is a pianist. And so I did take a little bit of piano from her when I was a kid, but my first instrument was the baritone, the baritone horn in the band. And, and so the first, first, you know, three or four years in my development, I was primarily doing, uh, sort of, you know, classical music focused stuff. And then I started playing jazz in, in junior high, learning jazz. And, uh, and then in high school I started, you know, playing in, in rock bands, funk bands. And, and throughout that I was, you know, I was still playing, uh, jazz and classical. So playing in orchestras and, and jazz ensembles. And so I, I did, I did a, a bunch of freelance work as a teenager and, and, and after college. And I, and I played in some bands. I, 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 the bands I played in aren't, aren't famous or anything. And I've, I've, uh, as a streamer, I've sort of been a little active of my, uh, um, of my, my past just for, just as you know, as you know, you have to be a little careful with privacy on, on of course. Uh, as a streamer. Um, but uh, suffice to say, you know, I wasn't playing with anyone famous or anything, but I, I did a ton of performing. I mean, and by the time I was, I think 22 or 23, I'd played over a thousand shows, all sorts of situations, you know, different genres of music, different bands, different. Um, and, and then I sort of stopped, uh, in my mid early mid twenties and started working on my own thing. And 
and and honestly i i mean i did i produced one i did do a solo record um but looking back i definitely got sort of stuck i guess creatively or just obsessed i got so obsessed with perfection you know doing something that i thought was great yeah and and the amount of stuff i was actually doing became you know was a tiny fraction of what i had been doing i sort of you know <laughs> slowed myself down through that that focus um but i did i i started a couple bands um to do different music i was doing at the time but I never really, they never really caught on. I didn't really push them because I was still so perfectionist. So just, oh, I, you know, uh, and then life happened and I stopped playing music entirely for five years. Uh, wow. I, mean, I, I barely played a note. Um, and then I had the idea for the show and it brought me back. And, and this, this has been, it's been such a improv improvisation has always been my first love. And, uh, I, I like, I love composition too, but as, as I have, you know, I, I really struggled to, to not let my perfectionism, my obsession with detail, um, to get in the way. Whereas improv, the beauty of improv is that the most important thing about improv is about, is being in the moment. It's about being in the moment, not looking backwards, not criticizing yourself, because as soon as you do that, as soon as you start saying, oh, that wasn't very good, or that wasn't the most creative thing I've ever done, or, mm -hmm. oh, that's out of tune. As soon as you start doing that, you're no longer in the moment. You're no longer present. You're no longer to, able to be presenting something that's authentic. Um, and so, whereas I know, I remember I, I spent two years in my 20s to make a 10-song solo album. Mm -hmm. I now improvise a 1,000 songs a year. Right. <laughs> right. Um, and 3000 uh, and, and, and counting. I, I, yeah. And, and I would love to, uh, I mean, it, it, I would love to have the time to do some more composition now. And I, and I think that, I think that I, having all this experience, um, doing imp, this kind of improv, I think I'd be able to approach it in a much more, uh, uh, effective way than I used to be able to. Yeah. But even if I could, even if, even if composition was just effortless, uh, improv is always going to be, I think the core of my creative expression with a jazz um, background. I mean, that's the spirit of jazz music is, is improv, right? For sure. I for find sure. it very poetic actually, now that you, that you've shared a little bit about that perfectionist, uh, side that you've struggled with to do a show like yours for someone like you with that particular set of faults is ironic and i want to ask you if doing so much improv um and the, the interesting thing about your show improvisation um on your show is that every improv you do lives on it's recorded you're really committed to being in the moment because there it is everyone saw it they can clip it on twitch anytime they want to um and you also collect your your, your improvs and you upload them, I think on Bandcamp um, as well. So like you're committed once you, once you play a note on the show, there it is. So perfectionism yeah. is out the window. Has that been yeah. therapeutic for you as far as uh, living with your perfection? And I know something like that gets, it does 
I, I struggle with it myself and it, at least in my case, it does get, uh, as I get more experience, just living life and dealing with that, it gets a little more just easier to live with. But has your show helped you to, to deal with that, with that side of your, of your personality at all? Yeah, I think so. I, I think that when we, when we play, I, when I, when I was, yeah, I, I'd say I've really evolved in how I look at what I do. You know, when I, when I was younger, I, I want, like I said before, I wanted to create something I thought was great. I didn't care if anyone else thought it was great. <laughs> I, I wanted to create something I thought was great. Yeah. And I realized, uh, you know, eventually that I'm never going to make something that's great that I think is great. Now that might sound really bad at first, but like, wow, he's really negative or, <laughs> or insecure, but it wasn't that it was what it was is I realized that, you know, yeah, well, is that my, what my creative spirit is not about what I did. Yes. It's about what I'm doing today. And if so, I don't need, that's not even, it doesn't even interest me that idea anymore of doing something I think is great because then what, so what, so what if you did something that was great? Um, to me, rather than focusing on the ends, I want to focus on the process, on the means, on the day to day of being a creator. Uh, and, and that's, what's fulfilling. What's fulfilling to me is waking up every day and trying to do something different, uh, something new. And, and some days I, I do it, some days I don't, but that, that's, what's most fulfilling. And that was really freeing to say, you know, so who cares about, you know, looking backwards, let's just keep looking forwards. And, uh, and, you know, on the show, there are things that happen all the time that if I were to step back and I sometimes do mm-hmm. <laughs> and look at it, it's, it's mortifying. I just, you know, <laughs> Oh, I can't believe that just happened. And that is permanently out there in the universe. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know what you mean. But at the same yeah. time, it's really freeing because I say, okay, so what I've done, you know, that was one song. I've done 3000 songs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a drop in an ocean at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Camouflage. I mean, I was joking on stream recently. I said, you know, if I, if I, I was joking about there's definitely things that have happened that I don't, I'm not very excited about or, (laughs) but even trying to figure out where they are to remove them isn't, is too difficult, right? I mean, how am I going to hunt down? I remember, I remember I have these nightmares of things that have happened, (laughs) right? I don't know where they are. I don't know which song it is that it happened on. I don't have time. You literally dream about it? (laughs) Well, fortunately not. I mean, I'm being a little, I'm joking, but. (laughs) But, uh, okay. Well, but, you, you never know. I just had to ask, <laughs> but, but, you know, but, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I do have their specific, some specific things that have happened that, uh, that, you know, Hey, and, and I sort of made that commitment to myself early on. I said, well, the whole spirit of this is about acceptance about, I mean, improv is about being in the moment, accepting whatever happens. And, and I sort of go against that if, if I'm selectively picking what I make public, right. You know, if, if, or, or what I, you know, what I put on YouTube and Bandcamp, and, and, and it's just been easier to say, well, everything's going to be there. <laughs> yeah. The awkward stuff, the better stuff, whatever happens, the, the times where my, my, you know, I'm super out of tune or, 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 
the computer crashes halfway through the song or something weird happens or a note gets stuck and it's a note that is extremely dissonant and clearly not <laughs> intentional. Hey, it's there. It was, it was what happened. And, um, and, and so that's made it, that's made it, uh, easier to just sort of accept that, that it is what it is. And, yeah. Um, that's why your show is such a, it's just like an encapsulated expression, I think in a, in a modern way of, of the spirit of, of jazz music. Um, because of that, that acceptance. Yeah. And once you play something, there it is. Love it, hate it. You're stuck with it. It's yeah. beautiful. Now, when you say, um, you've got an, when you've, you've got an instrument that's out of tune and that's one of the things that happens, uh, you are clearly, uh, somewhat of an accomplished multi-instrumentalist. You play a whole plethora of noise-making objects on your show from kazoo to uh, i've seen you play the trumpet i've seen you play obviously the keyboard um how so i guess i'm curious about which one of those instruments are your main instruments let me preface this by saying that one of one of the things I really emphasize on the show is that we can express something that we can express ourselves with an instrument regardless of what our technical skill is on it. Um, that, that we should never let our technical skill uh, make us afraid of trying to say something. Uh, that that our technical skill, while it is great to have more technical skill, uh, in theory, what it it's not necessarily doesn't make you better. It just changes what tools you have and how you'll use them. Right. But somebody with um, a piece of charcoal can make a beautiful piece of art. It, it's not going to be as detailed as someone who is is doing an ink drawing. Right. Right. Um, but that doesn't mean that that ink trine is somehow saying more than the person who's using charcoal and having to do big, broad strokes. Um, so that with that being said, um, I do have a lot of experience on certain instruments with uh, in technical training and having been trained in classical music and having studied jazz. I don't consider myself a jazz musician per se uh, that. Um, but. I have, I have very different levels of skill on different instruments. Right. <laughs> um, the only instrument that I would say I achieved professional mastery being defined within, say, jazz and classical music um, would be trombone. Uh, that was sort of my main instrument. Okay. The other instruments... I, I did study uh, a bunch of flute, you know, uh, with a teacher I studied. Uh, I studied baritone when I first started out, but then I stopped playing it for the most part after I was, I don't know, 13 or 14. Mm -hmm. And then I didn't really start playing it much again until the show. Um, and I did study a bunch of voice formally, classical, classical voice. Uh, 
Right. You you sing in your, for people that don't know and haven't seen it yet, you do sing and do occasionally. Now it's not on every track, but you will do sung vocals on a lot of your improvs. Yeah. yeah. With, a, um, am I right that you have, um, I'm not sure exactly how it works, but you do use lyrics that are either provided by or inspired by uh, the chat. Is that correct? That's recent. Um, yeah. Yeah, the first about two years of the show, when I improvise with voice, I just sort of use my own language. <laughs> right, right. Um, which is very natural for me because unlike most people, when I, the way I started singing was it was in high school and I was doing jazz and I started scatting. Scat. That's how I got into singing. So, right. so it was always natural for me to sing, just to treat the voice as if it were a saxophone. Um, but, uh, but yeah, within the last five or six months, I've started doing a thing where during song, I, I don't look at the chat while I'm performing. I, I just, I need to be really full all in with what yeah, I'm you've doing. got enough but going I did on. Add something, <laughs> yeah. I did add something recently where at a certain point of the song, if I feel, if I'm in the mood, um, I can, I can get a list of titles that people are submitting. So I don't ah. see just random, random things people are writing. So I see titles and I, and I'll be inspired by them. And, uh, and I feel like I'm very much in the infancy of that. I'm still in a way with when I'm doing, um, when I'm doing the improv with the instruments on the show, it really is straight up improv. I mean, I'm, I'm not sitting there and thinking, Oh, what am I going to do? And sort of thinking in my head and then doing it instantly. I mean, then right. Doing it right. You I'm don't just, even know what key just, you're in until the audience tells you. Yeah. So I, I, when I start playing, when you see me start recording the loop, I don't, I, I am creating it as you watch. I'm not, I, I didn't sort of spend 20 seconds before I did the loop thinking what's next. Um, with the lyrics, I, I don't quite have, I don't, I'm not quite ready to do that often. So I will sometimes sort of try to figure something out in my head. I have to do it extremely quickly, right? Or people right. can't sit around and wait for 10 minutes while I figure out something. So I'm generally doing very short little phrases. Um, but my aspiration, if I keep this show going, you know, in five years, if someone comes on my, what I love is to be able to do full verses and choruses just boom, improvise. And I, I've started doing some exercises recently just to, to build up my improv muscles with, with, uh, with lyrics. And, uh, um, because I, you know, I, it's, it's ultimately, I, I really believe that any sort of creative activity or improvisation is drawing on the same reservoir of, of just, you know, creative ideas and, and, and emotion and energy. However, obviously different kinds of improvisation require different comfort levels with, you know, different tools or expression. And, and so my, my comfort level with uh, improvising words is definitely not the same. Yeah. That's a tall order. Yeah. So that's what, that's my latest thing. I'm, I'm really trying to. I did notice that. And I think it's really cool that see, that's something that, um, so a non-musician, which is going to be most, most people, uh, may not be able to connect with, wow, I can come into the stream and request what key he's playing in, or I can request, I mean, you even have it, 
um, I've seen people request modes and things. Yep. So you have really specific uh, sort of musical ideas that people can can really request from you. Your typical person maybe doesn't, you know, they're not going to know what that is. But I think anybody on a basic level can really connect with that. Wow, he is singing the words that that we that we provide. That's yeah. that's really a, a cool way to connect with people, I think. And I'm looking forward to seeing how you can can carry that forward. Now, what I want to ask you, and I think this this part um, will be interesting um, for for your regulars in in your chat as well on your on your channel. I'm curious about. So you're not reading chat because you, you can't. You're busy. I, I always kind of assumed that you weren't able to because of everything that you have going on. Now, when you're in the middle of an improv. Um, so you've got your own software feeding you certain things. Um, you mentioned that it does show you title requests that people are putting in. Is there a lifeline of information that you have uh, your bot to be, uh, to be or not to bot, lovingly called to be in your show? Uh, is, is there like a lifeline of info that you have that thing feeding you while you're improvising? Um, no. I, well, I'm not sure if you mean specifically, like, for example, like, just what do you see? What do you have in front of you when you're doing oh, these improvs? What do I have in front of me? Uh, well, I, I, I have, I have two monitors directly in front of me that one has Ableton Live in it. Mm -hmm. Um, the other has what I call my, my checklist, which is sort of what walks me through the show. And there's not much there that is useful. I mean, it's, I don't really use that screen much, but that screen, what it does is it really has one, only one purpose for the most part during a song or two purposes. Oh, it actually does. Yeah, it does have something important. It, it has, um, uh, it will show me the, uh, the melody if there is one mm -hmm. written out in, in, in notation. Cause I don't, sometimes before a song we turn someone's name into a melody right and i don't memorize it i'm uh so i i need to refer to it so it's there when i'm ready to to use it uh it also when chat chat sometimes votes what instrument i'm going to add to the song like once the song has been going for about three or four minutes chat gets to vote what would we like you know to add to it kazoo um, always kazoo i removed kazoo from the polls because <laughs> it's always <laughs> Yeah. Let me ask you about the kazoo. Why does everyone want that kazoo so much? I think because it's very unexpected what I do with it. And that's for sure. I think I think that it's considered a joke instrument for the a novelty instrument for most people. Right. Right. I mean, you don't. You're not going to see it used seriously uh, very often. Well, I don't almost ever. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I think, I, I don't know, I mean, you know, this is just my theory. I, I've, I've certainly used the kazoo in more traditionally fun, silly ways. But I think that when I play kazoo normally, I don't think I'm, people in chat might be laughing, but I'm not uh, trying to be funny. I'm really, <laughs> you know, I'm trying, I'm really, I mean, I'm a, I like to say I'm a frustrated guitar player. Okay. Because I don't really play guitar. I mean, so I you're mimicking you know, I an electric guitar sound on the kazoo. I don't know if I'd say I'm mimicking it, but I'm I'm 
channeling that kind of energy, right? I, I, uh, um, I have a lot of, I put a lot of distortion on it, a lot of delay. I mean, a kazoo kazoo already sounds distorted. I amp it up even more. Um, Yeah, it sounds, your your kazoo pieces are often pretty aggressive. So I I can get the the, the electric guitar inspiration there. Yeah. And I, I, well, I think someone who, in case anyone listening has not played a kazoo, a kazoo uh, does not, basically you're singing through the kazoo mm-hmm. and and the kazoo has this resonator this this piece of paper that that sort of vibrates that the sound of your voice vibrates it and so usually when people play kazoo they tend to stick within a very limited register of notes they won't go super high or they won't go super low um and I think one of the things that I do that you're not going to hear that often on kazoo is I use the upper reaches of my range. Right. And so I will go extremely high. And, uh, and I think that that combined with distortion and reverb and, and the fact that I do lots of uh, glides where I'm, I'm sliding between notes, it's, it's, yeah, it's something I don't think you hear very often. Do you play the harmonica? <laughs> um, I have made noises with it on the show a few times. <laughs> I don't, you know, I, uh, yeah, I, I, I'd say I've made sounds, you know, I've made sounds with it. <laughs> I don't know if I'd really say I'm a harmonica player, but. Yeah, I asked I because your, your kazoo playing on, the, on your improvs uh, reminds me a lot of times of the way a blues player will use a harmonica, especially when you, um, you call them glides where, you know, it's, it's a, it's a whole different thing. Uh, for those of you who don't know, bending a note on the harmonica, um, you're using your hands and you're, it, it, it's really, a it's a whole different thing from playing a kazoo. I also think that the kazoo is so, I don't know what people are drawn to it. Uh, the way you play it, it's not, I think it's not very, often that you're going to hear a a technically trained vocalist such as yourself playing with a kazoo so you are hitting these kazoo notes full-on diaphragm and you're sustaining and as you say you're using you know the the upper and lower reaches of your range which is pretty considerable from what i've heard um that's just not something that i've heard before i mean i've seen people mess around on a kazoo but yeah, it's a unique thing. It's really cool, and that so they they abused it to the point where you had to take it off of the take it off the menu because it was done. Yeah, I because yeah, I think um, I don't want it to be a gimmick. Yeah, I don't want right. it to be something where it becomes uh, just sort of. I I think that I think that it's most fun when it doesn't happen that often. Right. And, and also I think it, 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 it's better to watch it's at least personally, I think it's, it's more of a, a live performance. You're watching me do it kind of thing mm-hmm. than, than listening back to it. Cause ultimately it is a kazoo. <laughs> <laughs> and although I like to think that I, I bring life to it that you don't hear very often from the instrument, uh, it's still a kazoo and <laughs> I just, I don't want it on every track. <laughs> right. You don't see kazoos but, you know, in, in orchestras or anything like that. They're not known for their, 
for their oral pleasure. No, no, no. <laughs> but it's interesting you said harmonica because you're right. I, I definitely, I would say I, I, um, while I'm channeling and well, I guess I'm channeling sort of the guitar, I think with the kazoo, uh, I am, I am also using sort of harmonica style techniques. I do a lot of stuff with my hands. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, with, I mean, one hand is just holding the kazoo, but the other hand is almost always on top of the kazoo and I can get sort of different kinds of articulations. I can get sort of a little bit more of a wah-wah kind of thing. Yes. Right. Going on. Right. You're articulating uh, the note and you're, your posture does, it sort of reminds me of a hard player, or, you know, harmonica player. That's why I asked. It just kind of, I associate the two. But yeah, yeah it's a beautiful thing. I yeah. think with, when I play uh, melodica, I'd say I'm very inspired by harmonica. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite songs ever is, uh, is the theme to Midnight Cowboy. And it features a harmonica and it's just one of the most just i think haunting just sort of sad pieces of music and i don't know it the off harmon- the top of my head the harmonica is so expressive on that i i just love it and 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 uh for me i think <clears throat> the melodica provides that there's something about and this is just how I, I, I one of the reasons i play different instruments is is not because Oh, I woke up and said, I want to play lots of different instruments. That doesn't mean anything to me. The reason I do it is because different instruments allow me to say different things. And they, they make me realize that I can say, um, because, and, and the, and the melodica, especially, I, I don't know what, what this is, but whenever I play the melodica, I just imagine, imagine this, you know, some lonely accordion player, harmonica wandering cobblestone streets at night, yeah. you know, alone. There's something very wistful. There's a video, yeah. a promo video that you have where you're on a stoop. Now, a melodica, for those of you who don't know, is basically like it's basically a little piano that you blow into, sort of like an accordion without the, I don't know what you call it, uh, the flume, <laughs> the 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 in and out motion. It's got piano keys, and you provide uh, the note with your breath. But I could see that connection. It's you when you when you play it. It's one of those things that I I do see you play. Uh, well, more often than the kazoo, I'll say that. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 I think it's more, it's more versatile than the kazoo. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. I try not to do the kazoo more than once. I mean, I, I ideally I'm only doing it once or twice a week at most. And we're doing right now 20 to 30 songs a week. Yeah. Five nights a week. Right. Yeah. 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 You, you got to. You got to keep the kazoo at a reasonable frequency. You say if you if you play it out, then they may not like it as much anymore. They think they want it all I've the time. Heard, I've, I've heard some kazoo player. I, I heard a kazoo player that was able to make it sound like a sax. Wow! And, and I think I would love to. Uh, you know, I don't have time to practice. I I've never practiced the kazoo in my life. <laughs> I just sort of discovered it over the course of the show. The first time I played, because the first couple of times I played kazoo on the show, it's not the way I play it now. I mean, that's this has been an evolution of discovery, you know. I, of course. Um, and uh, so but, to shatter so people's I, I, image of the of the et cetera kid, <laughs> there was no uh, starry eyed young kid sitting in music school while everyone else is learning classical pieces or jazz pieces playing a kazoo 
reading reading written <laughs> kazoo music that that's not a real thing no i th- i think if if i had time i think i mean there's definitely a lot more potential with it if i had time to practice the kazoo but if i had time to practice the kazoo i probably would not be practicing the kazoo i'd probably be learning guitar (laughs) right so (laughs) it's interesting i I really like and i tend to agree with sort of your philosophy and your approach to playing all these instruments i mean i'm not as i'm not as much of a multi-instrumentalist as you are and i certainly don't play multiple instruments with a professional uh ability um you said your main your main squeeze was the trombone for years um mine is the guitar i also play some piano and bass and other things but not with you know, any sort of level of ability as I have on the guitar and experience. Now, when you say you learn these different instruments, not because you wanted to collect a list of things that you can do and put on a resume to get hired in bands or whatever, more like you needed new vehicles to express ideas in your head. And beyond that, it works the other way too. And I find this not only with different instruments, but with different, like two different guitars will the way that they sound and the way that they feel will inspire me to play different things than I would otherwise. Um, and I think that it's the same thing with, with the way I approach music theory is you're not there to put yourself in a prison and learn what you can and can't play. It's more like for me, uh, I'm fascinated with music theory and I'm, I'm consistently studying it because I, wanna, I want to learn what's possible not what not what I have to do. I want to learn what I can do. I want to, I want to be inspired. And, and you can use music theory to do that. You can use different instruments to do that. Um, as I say, even two different guitars. I mean, acoustic and electric guitar. If I pick up an acoustic guitar versus an electric guitar, I'm going to play two different things probably. Um, yeah. So that's, it's, really a, it's really an awesome thing to explore. Um, for me, it was really eye-opening. I spent many years just playing the guitar. Um, but I want to talk about your, your community and how incredibly supportive and, might I say, uncommonly uh, positive and inclusive your Twitch community is. I mean, it, it's a beautiful place, yeah. your, your chat. There's no, there's no static. There's no problems. It's, it's a beautiful place. Um, can you talk a little bit about them? And also, um, I'm so glad I have you here for this. Um, I want, if you can, I want you to give people a little bit of an idea about the relationship between a Twitch streamer and their audience. Sure. Well, I'll tell you when when I had the idea for this show for this show, I never envisioned that there'd be a community around. Because I I, you know, like most people, I my experience with Twitch was was channels that had well, I, I'm not a gamer for one, so I didn't have a lot of experience with Twitch. The way I found out about Twitch was was first because of uh, Pokemon, uh, Twitch plays Pokemon, which was where someone coded a way for the chat room to control the game. And it got all this press outside of the gaming world. And I, and I thought, wow, that's awesome. Cause I, you know, I'm, I'm intrigued by uh, anything that is getting people involved. And, and I love that there were memes coming out of it and people were writing fan fiction and all because of this one little thing it became much bigger than what it started but, you know, I, when I checked it out, there were 60,000 people watching. And, of course, chat is going a mile a minute. Uh, and then my next exposure to Twitch was when uh, uh, one, of, one of our streamers, um, Piano Impro Man, went viral on Reddit. And so when I saw, you know, I, did, I'd still, I wasn't 
going to Twitch randomly. I just saw it on Reddit and I went and he, you know, he was going viral. He had 60,000 people watching. And of course, chat's going a mile a minute. So I just sort of figured, I figured that I just didn't even imagine that I would, that there would be these, yeah, that a community would grow out of it. I just figured, well, the chat room is the way for people to interact and be part of the show, but that would be the end of it. Um, and, uh, and so that's, I think the, the, I'd say that the best thing out of this experience has been, um, what I didn't expect, which was, uh, that, that I would, I would feel a connection to, to all these different people in our community. They'd feel a connection to each other, that it would become much bigger than anything I ever imagined. Um, so yeah, I think why, why is there a community the way it is? Um, yeah, they're fantastic. I I, yeah. I, I think that, um, well, it's about you. They reflect, I think you, you tend to attract people with likenesses to you and your personality and the way you conduct yourself. Um, I think that's a lot to do with it. And I think, I think the spirit of, you know, that the show is about improv. That's the core, uh, core thing about the show is that I'm doing something that is not planned. And like I said, at the start of our conversation, to me, the key to improvisation is being in the moment and accepting whatever happens. And both of those things uh, are, I, I, I'm not, I wouldn't, I'm not sitting around. I, I wish I would love to have time to meditate and do things like that. But, but, you know, if you look at meditation, if you look at a lot of the things that in, in, in uh, uh, you know, in, in sort of modern understanding of mental health, those things, right. Being in the moment, acceptance are keys to being happy. Absolutely. Um, and so I think, no, I, and I don't, again, I, I don't, for me, this show is this oasis because it's a place where I get to be that way too. I'm not like that all the time, right? I, I'm a perfectionist. I'm obsessed. I work, you know, I, I get really caught up in what I'm doing. Uh, but, but I think the fact that the show is built around those core ideas, um, I think that affects sort of the chat experience too because it's like okay hey we're all we're you know because chat is contributing too so when people participate everyone wants to encourage and support that participation yes creativity is is a positive thing in itself so you're you're people who i think they're automatically going to bring positivity because if they're attracted to what it is your show does um it's, it's just a positive thing by nature yeah but I, I th- and I think there are lots of ways to help encourage that. Um, I, I wish I could take credit for some of them. Some of them were just coincidental. We had um, they, with the the drum beats that are generated from people's names. Uh, when I coded it, I thought I coded it so that it would work with numbers, but apparently I didn't. And then and I didn't realize that until we started getting usernames with numbers. And what the drum generator would do is it would just leave silence wherever there was a number. Okay. And uh, it became this thing, sort of a channel meme, right? Which was honor the silence. Yes. <laughs> Wait, leave it there. Because sometimes I'll add notes. Sometimes I'll never take a note away from a drum loop that's generated, but sometimes I'll add notes, right? And so sometimes if there's silence, I will add something to fill the silence. But that became a thing, honor the silence. 
Um, and uh, now I know the, so gen- I, the genesis of that. I've heard it. Yeah, I, I added two emotes, the honor emote, and then a which was just it uh, looks like a you know a a courthouse or something. You know, a, a, um, I thought that's what it was. And then um, a silent, just a, a, a volume crossed out. And, and so it was just, oh, people are going to use those together. Right? Well, turned out that honor can be used for a lot of different things. And yeah, no that wasn't my idea. I didn't anticipate that. So, so often, you know, well, you know, when people um, get their first title sometimes or if, or if, you know, things happen, people use that honor emote to, to recognize each other. If someone, you know, makes a donation to support the channel, you know, chat will fill up with honors or if someone resubs, there's honor. Uh, if someone hits a milestone, uh, you know, I track, you know, if someone's had, you know, they've hit their 20th drum fill on the show, then they get recognized. People use the honor command or the honor emote. So, uh, I think what I've realized is if, you know, if, if, if people, I think most of us are looking for ways to, to be kind and to encourage and support each other, but sometimes you just need to make it easy to do and then people will do it. Um, and I, I think that's what, again, it wasn't intentional. I didn't think about the honor remote, but I think the spirit of the honor remote has become a big part of chat experience. Um, yeah, it does do that when, when you have a community like that. It takes on a life of its own. Like you said, it, they're doing things that you're not directing them to do. It, it's sort of alive in that way, which is really cool. Yeah. Your community actually, <laughs> well, I'll tell you very briefly my first encounter with you and your show and your community. Uh, I was streaming, just playing some acoustic guitar, singing some songs several years ago. Uh very new to Twitch at the time, and my channel was raided, which those of you aren't uh, on Twitch, when it, it, it's where a streamer will end their, their show, and they will sort of bring their audience into another streamer's channel, just to, you know, just to show some support, and which it's a really great thing in the, in the music community on Twitch, there's a lot of support uh, that goes around between the different creators, but anyway, so I get this huge, I'm, I'm sitting in my channel with you know, just a few people and I get this enormous rate. I get this notification, you know, there's like 80 people or something in my channel now. And, uh, they stuck around all night. Um, I ended up doing, I used to do this thing and I, I mentioned it last week cause I actually did a little episode, sort of a primer on the Twitch music scene for people so that we could kind of spend time talking about what makes your show unique instead of explaining what music on Twitch is just at all. But I used to do this thing called uh, Chat Better, where I would sing this Pearl Jam song, uh, Yellow Lead Better, and I would let chat just type whatever, sort of like Mad Lib, just whatever lyrics they want in the chat, and I would sing mm-hmm. what they say, because you know the lyrics of that song are so unintelligible, and it just became a meme. But I ended <laughs> up doing that, not knowing what your show was. I took advantage of having all those people from your community in my chat. I ended up doing that, and it was just, it was perfect, because <clears throat> coming from you know, what, what the nature of your show is. It was just a beautiful fit. And also I made actual real life friends from your community that I've met in real life and visited with and still am, am friends with. So <laughs> I got, my life's been changed by the et cetera kid community. <laughs> That's great. That's awesome to hear. Yeah. It's amazing. That's really cool. 
um, I want to hit you with just a few sort of extra questions that you can you can you can pass on them, you can answer them, but you you seem to be a very private person, and I feel like there's going to be some curiosity, you know, especially from your people about you. So, do you spend a lot of time listening to music, and if so, what artists do you like to listen to? I would. I love listening to music. I wish I could listen to music more than I do. Um, music is, when I listen to music, it's hard for me to listen to music casually. And so there are a lot of activities where I, that I do during the day that I just can't listen to music because I wouldn't be able to work. <laughs> right, your ears are occupied. I, I feel that. Um, but I'd say... Well, I can look backwards and, and, and I've gone through different stages in my life where I listen to lots of different things or, you know, very or specific things for a while. Uh, I'd say right now, I like, I like just putting on um, things like Hype Machine or New Mix. I like hearing new stuff. I like hearing stuff I've never heard before. Um, and, and so I guess... So it's hard to, I, I can't say here's, here's a specific artist I'm listening to a lot right now because there is no one specific artist. I'm just trying to listen to as much variety as I can because that, that helps keep me fresh and give me new ideas. Yeah, it's um, good hygiene for a musician. But I'll give you, I'll give you my, I have, you know, my favorite band. It's not, I don't really have a favorite music. My favorite band, they're always me closest to my heart, Earth, Wind & Fire. Oh, man. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. I, I, you know, I discovered them in high school and there's something about them that they're just, I, they're just the happiest music out there pretty much. Yeah. So I, happy. Um, That's awesome. But, but I think, I think, you know, I, um, I'm actually, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be doing a little, uh, I'm starting doing these little videos. I'm calling creative minutes or creative moments. I'm going to be talking about this soon. But I think that, uh, I think if the, if any of us could could ask some of our favorite musicians who they listen to, almost without exception, we'd be really surprised and, and, and realize that they're listening to such a wider breadth of music than they might be creating. And I, I, I sort of, because, you know, I, I like Earth, Wind, Fire, but I also like extremely experimental jazz that is about as inaccessible as music can be right right i like heavy stuff i like afro pop i like punk i like um dance music i like you know and i think that that's often true uh and, and so anyone who's starting out playing music i think often they they obsess on their instrument they obsess on the specific genre music they they think they want to play uh, and it, and that's all, that's wonderful, right? If you're learning guitar to, to really focus on guitar players and if you want to play metal to, f to focus on metal, but what's going to really help you say something that no one else is saying is to not just listen to metal, to not just listen to guitar players. Um, I couldn't and, agree more. Uh, so I encourage everyone to, you know, experiment, even listen to something, even if you don't like it, you're still learning something from it. Uh, you're still getting something out of it. And so, so yeah, so I, I seek out a really broad range. I'm always trying to listen to, to new stuff. Perfect. Okay. So this one is a little bit of a lifestyle of the kid kind of a question. 
so you're streaming a full-time schedule right now, five nights a week, at least, uh, I think five or six hours every show. Uh, do you work a day job before you come home and, and do the stream? Uh, no. Uh, so thank God the, the, uh, yeah. For anyone who's thinking about going into streaming as a career, uh, <laughs> I don't know if I recommend it, <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, uh, the problem is that I've created such a complex show in terms of software and gear. It's for every five hour show I do or six hour show I do, there's generally at least two or three hours of stuff related to that show that I, that's just logistical work. Um, whether it's, whether it's just, testing stuff before the show to make sure everything's working or dealing with things right afterwards, you know, editing videos, putting things on Bandcamp. So, uh, it's a full-time job, not even considering all the time I spend trying to do new things for the show. Cause I'm always trying to, to add new features and, um, just to keep it, I mean, to keep it fresh for the audience, but to be honest, even more just to keep it fresh for myself, because if, if I'm getting bored, it's not going to be good for the audience. No, right. Not at all. Um, yeah. But you're, you're a full-time, you're knocking out basically the 40 hour full-time nine to five schedule just with the time that you are live. So I, right. I knew that there, there's going to be, if not very close to a whole entire other full-time job behind the scenes. Uh, to maintain your show. I, I knew that had to be the case. Yeah, I'd say, I mean, I, when I thought, when I started the show, I thought, I mean, I spent, I spent three months, was it three months? No, March. No, almost, was it five? I can't remember. It was five or six months um, before I did a single stream working full time, writing all the software for the show. Um. And, and I, and then I, and I thought that eventually it would calm down, but if anything, it's even, I work even harder now. Um, <laughs> it's, you know, I, I generally, it's, uh, since the start of the show is probably, it's probably averaged 60 to 70 hours a week. And probably for the last year, it's probably been more like 85 to over a hundred hours a week. Yeah. That sounds about so, right, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's uh, I I think people who just casually I think your community gets it. I think they understand uh, what goes into your to your show. But yeah, the uh, the prospects of a professional streamer for a social life uh, pretty much non-existent. I would imagine. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, I think I I still I I what the way I'm doing it is not sustainable for the long term. So I still have to figure something out. But uh. Um, I, you know, I, whether or not it's going to happen soon enough for me and for some of our peers in the music category, I do think that in the long run, uh, there's a lot of growth that's going to happen with music streaming. I, I thought it would happen by now and it hasn't. Right. The music category really hasn't. It's sort of still kind of an insulated little community there. Yeah. I mean, the, um, those of us who have been around for two plus years, for the most part, nobody's really grown. You'll have people who go up for a while and then they'll come back down. And the reason for that is that there's just not enough new people coming in. Um, and we, well, we've had 
I think what's had, while the music category maybe in terms of viewership has grown somewhat, uh, it hasn't really impacted streamers because what's happened is there are just more streamers. Yeah. I've <laughs> noticed that. Yeah. The category is a lot yeah. more populated with, with channels, but you don't see big numbers in too many of them. Yeah. Now there are several channels who have kind of always been on top and are still there, you know, with, right. and we're talking like, so for those of you who aren't familiar with Twitch, some of these video, it's, it's a video game platform. And you know, some of the biggest channels, I mean, we're talking upwards of a hundred thousand people live watching sometimes. Now, Probably the most, well, also, I forgot to mention at the top of the show, Kid, you have been on the Twitch front page once a week for the past four weeks. And so your typical audience is, what, between 50 and 100 on a normal day? As, I mean, we, we've been pretty consistent, sort of 40, 40 to 60 for the last two years, yeah. With little, you know, things will happen, it will be up, but yeah, generally around. Right. So with that, and as a, as a baseline, uh, I was in your channel with 11,000 other people, uh, the other last week or two weeks ago. Um, yeah, the front page of Twitch is, uh, so you, your channel was featured just right on the, so if you go to twitch.com and there are channels that are sort of featured right in the browse section. So if you're not looking for anything specific and you're just bumble in there that's it was the kid right there you know and you had thousands of people i wanted to ask you uh i know you have to be doing a ton of extra work like i know you do a ton of prep work for your show anyway but knowing that you had these front page slots uh was there a lot of extra time in the background going into that yeah because uh i mean i i needed them to happen when they happen but i also it would have been great to have had more time to, to, to take advantage of them even more. Um, yeah, I did a lot of, a lot of things. I mean, I, uh, I created, you know, I, I, a lot of it was just trying to figure out ways to make the show more quickly accessible to new viewers. And so, um, I added some mechanisms to, uh, to make it easier for people to get involved right away to, I created a bunch of new screens so that anyone just showing up, they can just see on screen what's going on. Right. Uh, so sort of like know, a heads up display. Middle, yeah. So when I'm in the middle of a song, there was a huge thing that said above my head, make a song with us, just sort of cheesy. You know? <laughs> and then in the, there was a little on the left side, there was you know, a wrote a thing explaining what was going on. I don't have that on normally. Maybe I should, but normally I sort of, I really want the focus to just be on the music. I don't want distractions, but you know, I, I needed to, uh, um, I, so there, yeah, there were a bunch of things like that. I came up with something called, uh, say for like the last, the last show, we came up with something called the birthday paradox, uh, which was, I don't know if you've heard of the birthday paradox, but the idea is that, well, it's not ideas it's mathematical. All you need is 23 people in a room for you to have a 50, 50 chance that two of those people share a birthday. I've which, never heard that, but that's really bizarre. Yeah. Cause you, you would think, Oh, we need a lot more people to have a match. Right. But it's yeah. not the case. So I wanted to code a way to, to sort of test that. And, uh, <laughs> so, you know, I added a way for people to add their birthday 
And then we'd run the script and see how many people doubled up in chat. And it was a great way to get people to type their first message, right? Because you have to add Yes, the get them engaged in, in the chat somehow. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, um, things like that. Uh, you know, I we have something called Lurkers Go Berserk, which uh, encourages people to write their first message. And yeah. so I, 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 my mind is so forward looking. It's, it's hard for me to really remember all the things that I did, but I did, I did do a lot of work <laughs> preparing for those. Yeah. Not, you know, but not with the music, right? There was no, I didn't, I don't plan the music. I have no idea. I'm dependent on the requests. Well, that would be cheating. Um, yeah. But, uh, but, um, and who is, I don't have time to be preparing songs, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, there's definitely put in a lot of, a lot of work. Yeah. Congrats uh, on that too, by the way. That's, that's really cool. Can you talk about how you were able to, now I, I didn't know that they would like schedule who's going to be on the featured on the page. I just thought, you know, maybe somebody just contacted you and it, and it happened. Uh, I, well, <laughs> Technically, I'm too small of a channel to be on the front page in terms of just applying. You can, if you're a partnered streamer, you can apply to be on the front page. Okay, and they have metrics you have to meet in terms of size. Yeah, I don't qualify. <laughs> um, I've been on the front page now six times, though, and and the reason that's happened is the the, the first time happened last summer, and uh, it was just sort of I did something for Twitch. They were doing a a, a Doctor Who marathon. And I recorded two little promo videos, uh, for them, uh, which was just me talking about my connection to Dr. Who. And I guess they played those videos sometimes during the marathon and exchange. I got two front page slots. Ah, okay. Yeah. In in lieu of some kind of payment, much more valuable uh, than any payment they could probably provide you. I would imagine. Yeah. Well, and then the same thing for, uh, um, these last four, I, I played Twitch's holiday party. Um, That's awesome. December. Yeah, and I was gonna get paid, but then one of my um, one of my mods, uh, uh, Noodle Town, aka Mistress of Noodles, she said, "Hey, what about asking them just to get front page shows instead?" And so I great said, idea. Yeah, but hey, instead of because it was it was it was getting yeah, it was sort of complicated the whole payment thing. I said, hey, "How about we just do front page shows?" Um, what so, a move. Yeah, that's, that's, that's awesome. How those four pages that that's how it happened. Yeah. That's great. So what did you, what, what type of performance did you do for the, for the party? Um, you didn't do your show live with the, with what your, I did was, uh, um, I got a list of all of Twitch staff and I, I used their names to generate all the drum beats and drum fills prior to the show. And, uh, um, and then I had my, my community sort of commissioned the song. So different people requested all the requests for each song. So I had, uh, 20, so I didn't, I didn't prepare any music, but I sort of had requests ready for 20 tracks. And then I improvised live those tracks. Yeah. So it was still the, it was still the spirit of the show. Um, but yeah, and it was, you know, this was a huge Twitch holiday party. I was only one of things going on. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> so, uh, but Really cool. Um, so one thing I just wanted to touch on briefly with you uh, before we, before we end is, so I've had this theory that 
sort of organic growth within Twitch's platform is it, it just seems to be without leveraging outside tools it seems to be like climbing straight up a wall sometimes especially in the music side of things now i've noticed you're branching out more and starting to leverage social media on instagram uh and things like that it, it, we, we we talked briefly on one of your um your little videos that you did as a post, um, is that something that you're planning on trying to sort of capitalize on uh, going forward to try and get more growth sort of outside of just in the Twitch, just in the music page there? Yeah, yeah. I, I, the, the conventional wisdom on Twitch is sort of the, the most important things to growth are um, having a consistent schedule and streaming a ton. Right. And And then also you know, networking and things like that. But I'll, I'll say that the streaming a ton doesn't work in the music category. Um, so, uh, because I and a couple other, and I and a couple other people that stream a ton, it, it hasn't led to, to significant growth. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, I would say that and, and the other thing I would say is that I don't know that networking has the same kind of impact for music streamers as it does for gaming streamers for the simple reason that the music community is so small that there's just not enough viewers to go around. And so while it's, I've had some wonderful experiences, experiences uh, collaborating with some other streamers uh, and it's helped, uh, I don't, I just, music streamers, we're just not going to get the same kind of impact just because yeah, there's just not enough people. And so music streamers, we, our biggest problem as music streamers is that most of our viewers discovered the music category by accident and they discovered yeah. us by accident. Yes. Uh, no one is looking for us. And, and some of that is, is on Twitch, I think. I think Twitch, when I started uh, streaming on Twitch, the creative, uh, we had front page prominence. Uh, there was a link right on the front page that would take you to creative. And, and when Twitch took that away, it had a pretty devastating impact, I think on growth for, for all things creative on Twitch, but it's not, you know, it's not Twitch's job to, 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 you know, to, to, to help us, uh, if they don't, we, we sort of have to show Twitch that, that there's enormous growth potential with music, which I deeply believe there is. I, I think agree hundred percent. Um, but it's not, Twitch isn't going to discover We, we have to make it happen. And yet, I guess to get back to your original question, I think the key is, is two things. It's reaching outside of the music category in Twitch. Yes. To, into the gaming world, getting them involved and finding ways to collaborate. I haven't done that much of that, but I have some things I want to try to do. And then going all the way outside of Twitch and because there is, you know, gaming, yes, when you're in the Twitch world, it seems like gaming is the biggest thing in the world. Um, but music is massive. Right? Yes. Music is massive. Yeah, and there's a much I deeper think, ocean of music fans and music consumers out there than there are gamers. Right. Um, so, so yeah, we, we just have to figure out, I, I think... What I would, I think would be really great is if, um, we had a music, some, some, some really well-known musicians start streaming. Yeah. 
Agreed. I think it'd be one of the best things because, you know, I say someone like, uh, I, I always use this example cause I just, I just think it'd be so cool is, you know, if, if Stevie wonder streamed once a month, <laughs> you know, where you just, it's just him at his house and he's got his piano and he just sits there and he'll play a song on piano. And then maybe someone will say, Oh, do you know any Otis Redding? He's like, Oh yeah, I'll play some Otis Redding. Oh and man. Then he plays Otis yeah. Redding and then, and then he plays a Beatles song and then he tells a story it would be, it would just be the best thing in the world. You know, so many people, their entire experience with musicians is through a very uh, filtered lens that's basically filtered by a PR company. Yes, it's um, a one-way interaction. And, yeah, and, it, and it's very focused on, a, on an image. And while that's, you know, it, a lot of musicians really try to, 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 to create this image, right? And they, their music videos and their outfits. Um, people are looking for connection and, and, and connection happens is easiest when, when you feel like it's an authentic connection where the person you're interacting with is being real and, and not putting on a facade. Um, and, and so I think a lot of musicians would, would, would love the experience of streaming to, to feel, have to actually have a direct connection with the audience. And, uh, and also I, you know, I think there's a lot of musicians out there that, that, you know, you know, that people in your, uh, that your listeners know that are quote famous, but basically have had to stop playing music because even as a quote famous musician, they can barely make ends meet who, if they stream would be surprised at how, um, the possibilities, because, uh, you know, I think the, the nice thing about streaming is because you are forming a direct connection with your audience, you don't need as many people to have an impact right. uh, on supporting what you're doing. And uh, so, so yeah, I think, I think there's a lot of great musicians out there that, 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 who have huge fan bases who would just give anything um, to, to have that direct connection and who would make it possible for that musician to start playing music again. Um, but, but yeah, having more prominent musicians will bring a lot of people, new people to Twitch and those, and those prominent musicians are not going to be workhorses like the rest of us. They're not going to stream. Right. You know, Stevie Wonder is not going to be streaming five, five hour shows a week. It's not no, gonna but happen. if, even if he did it once, it would be such a blessing to, to the music right. community there because it would bring so many people who don't know what Twitch is in there and they would see how cool yeah. it is. Cause your show, yeah. I, I, I really wanted to have, you're the guy I wanted to talk to about this because I think your show perfectly in a nutshell sort of sums up what is perfectly unique about Twitch as opposed to watching a YouTube video of a performance. You can watch somebody improv, but you can't interact with it. And there's no way even at a live show that you could do the kind of interaction that that your show has. It's just not possible. I mean, unless they were like sitting there and with like iPads that you issue them and you know it would be that well that's that's I guess that's one idea but it's perfectly unique there's nothing like it and there are so many people out there who have no idea what Twitch is who I can guarantee would would absolutely love it and would be regular viewers and would be subscribers um, and that's what's needed man you need those f- people like you and and there are many others uh, music streamers who are doing this and putting in that time working 80 100 hours a week i mean probably no one's working as much as you are let's be honest but it, it they deserve to be compensated for their work right which is a whole other conversation is the devaluing of of creative works 
you know, in the online sort of age, you know, things that you, like you said, you could spend, you spent two years or three years or making a, a an album that you, you know, you, you composed all your songs and then now what's it, what's it worth to someone either $0 stream it for free or 99 cents for the track. Right. You know, and that's a, that's a challenge how, you know, so and streaming is, it's not there yet, but I think it is probably one prong of the answer going forward for how, because people are always going to want music. There's always going to be a demand for it, but it's sort of a puzzle. It's sort of an ongoing puzzle that we're going to have to solve. Yeah. I think the, the beauty of streaming is that it is not, streaming is not video with a chat room. Streaming is a fundamental, fundamentally new kind of media. Yes. And, uh, and, and because of that, it has extraordinary possibilities that I think we've only just scratched the surface. And I think that it is the right time and the right place for streaming to, to blow up, partly because the, the internet in principle is supposed to make us more connected. But I think in practice, uh, with social media and all, it, it often makes people feel more isolated and disconnected. And we're so, we're bombarded with content all the time. So much content. We're swiping through Instagram, you know, reading tweet after tweet after tweet. And streaming is sort of encouraging actually sitting still for a while and being in a place with a bunch of people that you feel connected with, that you see, you know, regularly each week, um, names you recognize. Uh, There's something I think very... uh, it's, it, it's, I think it's, it's just recreating more of a traditional idea of, of community, of familiarity. So, yeah, I think, it, I think it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a wonderful thing. If anyone's listening who hasn't uh, checked it out, it seems weird at first. I still sometimes say, wow, this is sort of a weird thing. <laughs> um, but I think, I, I think over and over there'll be people in chat who, who will say how, you know, they discovered streaming and, and now it's the main kind of content that they consume. And I think it is, and I think they love it because it's not passive. They're part of it, you know, and I say this again and again on my show, I, I end every night, I do a shout out of every single person who made a request um, because I, I think it's very obvious on my show, but I think this is true of any show, but on my show, because I'm improvising, because I'm making up this stuff on the spot, one single request from one person might be the thing that makes a song come to life and become this thing that is, you know, people in chat are all, it's their favorite thing that happened that night because of a contribution of one person. They requested that one sound that just, it was the right sound for that moment. And, and that's a beautiful thing right there. Absolutely. So that is going to do it for us, kid. Uh, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with me. It's been a blast. Oh, definitely. I've been seeing your show as a fan for all this time, and it's great hearing the man behind the show. Oh, definitely. Thank you for having me. All right. I cannot thank Etc. Kid enough for taking the time to speak with me and come on the show. I had a blast talking with him. I hope that you will give his show a chance if you are not a Twitch user. Uh, sort of like you heard the kid and I discussing, we sort of both agree that the music community on Twitch has the potential to explode in the future. Um, I kind of think that if it doesn't, something else a lot like it will explode. Um, And in my opinion, the kid and his show are right at the forefront 
of sort of exploring what the what the potential is in this platform. And again, you can find him at twitch.tv slash etckid. Make sure you jump in there. And if you're going to watch the show, much like I was mentioning to you guys last week on my uh, Twitch music episode, um, you can just watch it in a browser. If you just navigate to, to that link, twitch.tv slash etckid, you can watch the show. But you really need to create an account. It's free on Twitch. Uh, just make yourself an account. I think you just need an email. Um, just like creating one more to the thousands of accounts for other things that you no doubt already have. Hop into the kids show, say hello in chat and start to participate there. That's really where the magic is with live streaming. It's a two-way, completely interactive, totally new and unique type of media. You can also find the kid on Instagram at ETC kid as well. I know that he is beginning to sort of do more content, uh, more video content, putting out some things on Instagram. And anything that he does is guaranteed to be absolutely pristine quality. And that is one Instagram follow that you won't regret. Much like another Instagram account that you should be following, at Matt Elias Music. You can find me there. You can find me on Twitter as well, at Matt Elias Music. And on my website, where this podcast is hosted and lives, MattEliasMusic.com. You can find episodes to this show. You can find other video content, audio content that I do. Everything is sort of based there on that website. So, and if you haven't already, make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast, particularly if you are on an Apple device. Make sure you hit that five stars and leave me a little love letter and a review. It is greatly appreciated and it helps the reach of the podcast. The show is also on just about every platform, including Spotify, wherever you like to listen to your podcasts. There are a million ways to do it, no matter what kind of phone you have. That is going to do it for me on this episode of the Matt Elias Music Podcast. I really appreciate taking the time to listen to the show. I really hope that you guys are getting some value out of the info that I'm providing you because I'm certainly having a good time delivering it. That is all for me this week. I will catch you guys next time. Late. Late.